0: Like you're around these incredibly like creative people, and they're just literally manifesting visions that they've had in their head into reality. And I don't know, there's just there's lots of fun, amazing things about it.
1: Hi there, you're listening to On the Rise. My name's Chris Jones, and welcome to episode seven. This week we're talking to India Castle Gibb. She works as an assistant in film and is currently assisting a well-known director. We talk about how she entered the film industry and how she experienced firsthand on film sets all the work that goes into making feature films. Hope you enjoy our conversation.
0: Um, I've been doing good. Obviously, same as everyone else, moving your job, a job that's normally very in-person to online, has been interesting. Um, Yeah, so my story so far was I went to uni, so did kind of, a, I guess, a traditional route like that. Uh, studied drama at Bristol um, which we know was fun and everything like that but it's interesting to look back at my career and see actually that wasn't a necessary step to sort of what I ended up doing but it was still useful um, to do. Um, I worked as a chef for a bit before sort of straight after uni um, whilst I was kind of emailing loads of people you know tweeting just kind of speaking to anyone that I knew that was TV mainly. Um, I thought I wanted to get into sort of documentary uh, factual stuff Um, but kind of all of those doors were sort of closed but you know kept kept doing it Um, and then eventually spoke to someone it was a friend of a friend of a friend who worked as an assistant director on set Um, and they were like what are you doing tomorrow night we have night shoots Um, so I just quit my job as a chef and just did it just had one day sort of in the books and then at the end of the day, they sort of brought a few people back for the next day and the next day and the next day. And then that's sort of how I got my foot in to the door, as it were. Um, and that was sort of five years ago. Um, and I've sort of been working first freelance um in film, and now I'm sort of contracted and working in-house. So that's sort of been the trajectory so far. Wow, that must have taken a lot of guts to to
2: quit your job for for knowing to only be partaking in one um like shift you could say uh was it was it nerve-wracking did your parents yell at you or anything or
0: um, I don't think so I think the chef thing I kind of feel bad for my chef employee because that is not cool just like dropping everything and uh so yeah sorry to her but um it didn't feel that way because I knew it's what I wanted to do and um I guess if I had thought about it or overthought about it, I wouldn't have done it Um, But at the time it just, I think that's the thing with the film industry that I've learned it's kind of opportunities don't present themselves often. um, And sometimes those opportunities don't even look like opportunities to begin with um, and just sort of having to run and take them. And I think that's the biggest thing kind of personal development thing that I learned um, working in in the last couple of years is that just sort of having to kind of jump and, and do things not knowing where necessarily it will go, but I think it's that's kind of the nature of the industry because there isn't so much of that kind of obvious um, ladder as it were, um, or a template. So it is kind of about that, just kind of um, jumping in and giving it a go. So I wasn't scared, but maybe I should have been a bit <laughs> scared, I don't know.
2: No, I hope I have the same guts in the future. <laughs>
1: was um was the sort of film industry always um you know on your radar as you know sort of a a profession sort of a routine was that always kind of like on your you know sort of to-do list as it were going through you know your earlier years
0: um so I wanted to be an actor when I was younger but that sort of soon realized that my talents did not lie there um and I think more I just assumed that sort of TV and kind of factual stuff was more what would be sort of available in England to do. Um, and actually, I, what I didn't realize was that sort of loads of American films are made over here in the UK. Um, so when I was kind of looking for jobs in Factual, I found they bizarrely was more competitive and there weren't as many jobs. And then sort of when, you know, friend of a friend of a friend said, I'm working on this film in England, I was kind of, I didn't even know that there was such a thriving film industry in this country. Um, so that was a surprise to me. I kind of, it was more than I could have imagined would be possible. Um, but there is, there's like a, a thriving film industry in this country. Um, so that was a surprise to me. There was, we weren't really told that at uni there was none of that kind of presented mm. to us. Um, so it wasn't something I'd always sort of had my eye on but I think working in entertainment that was always something that I'd wanted to
1: do. And what was the most appealing sort of thing about that then? Um, because, you know, there's, there's so many things that, that come up when, when talking about this and, and you know, from the um, really exciting aspects of working on a sort of feature film to, um, you, you know, working with, with so many so many names. I mean, what, what was the, the first thing that came to mind when you thought, OK, yeah, absolutely. That this is now an easier decision for me to make you know when you said okay there's this opportunity that, that just came up um and and you know you can't have to seize it hmm.
0: um well i think pre- previous to it just sort of before even being starting my career i think just i was um interested by the idea that um, stuff that kind of hits everyone's radar or stuff that even seems like light entertainment actually is kind of an interesting thing to look at because it shapes so much of our everyday. It reflects it back. It kind of is a bit of a temperature test on what's happening in society at the moment. So although some of this stuff can seem really trivial, I've always been interested in it because how can something that reaches quite so many people, I'm not even just talking about film now, I'm talking about TV, even Mm. sort of entertainment. It reaches so many people. So what does that tell us about us as a society? Um, our interests and stuff like that so I think that's why I was interested in it and it was on my radar when it first sort of happened um, I was at that point in sort of my 20s where you know my career prospects weren't very good I was knocking at loads of doors nothing was happening Um, and I think the psychology of that was very challenging and um, then when something was presented like that it just seemed so exciting and so out of anything out of the ordinary and way more glamorous and exciting than anything that was going on in my life at the time. Yeah. So I think at that point of making that decision to go and do it, that was just pure kind of the excitement of it and getting whisked away in that. Um, so those kind of, I think two forces played into me kind of them when the opportunity presented itself. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just Sorry. wondering, um, so you said you worked in TV
0: and film what do you prefer? Is, um, there, is there a difference or? So I wanted to originally first get into TV and that was more sort of, I thought factual and documentary, but I never I never did. Nothing sort of came through with that. Um, at uni, I made documentaries because I felt that it was sort of easier to tell a, a story with less resources because you haven't, you haven't got to hire actors and things like that. Um, but in terms of now I've worked in yet film and TV and to be honest, I don't, there's not really much of a difference now. There used to be. So there used to be a real, the perception of it was, you know, the films had bigger budgets and they were kind of rightly or wrongly considered as more sort of elevated art form. But now that's just not the case at all. Some of these uh, TV things have huge budgets. So they, it's it's like being, you wouldn't know necessarily if you're on a movie set or a TV set anymore. Um, I guess it's just longer shoots and things. So I don't hmm. really have a preference. Um, in terms of working on them. Uh, so they feel very similar when you're in them, but I guess when you're watching them, it's interesting to have more space to develop a character, stay with that world for a bit longer. Um, but then of course, on the film side, you know, you can control what people are doing whilst they're watching it. So it feels like more of an immersive experience and you're not sort of fighting for people's attention because they could be, you know, making dinner or on their phones and things like that. So I think. There's pros and cons to both but it's been interesting to see the change of perception even you know within the industry um and i just think even in general public or what we think is like tv and film the overlap and crossover of those two mm. so yeah
1: That's so interesting actually um because i think now uh especially with with so much of people's time having sort of centred around you know being at home and kind of you know those two worlds overlapping even more I mean the budgets of all of these things all the documentaries that I'm watching you know are kind of like feature films and and, you know that they present characters in a way that like they would do in the movies now Um, and again lots of movies at the same time um, would would kind of have overlapping kind of um, uh, narrative structures to them that I think that you know, would mostly if you look at ten years ago, perhaps documentaries um, that, that would have been on TV. So, um, I think it's really interesting, actually, how how TV and um, and a more kind of the the non non factual um, side of you know the movies have kind of overlapped in that way, especially this year. I mean, it, with the budgets as well, it's just absolutely insane what they're able to do.
0: I think it's nice as well if you're. There is an element if you're sitting in your house and I don't know, you have a favorite TV series and those characters are being kind of projected into your house for kind of hours or I don't know people don't watch it weekly, do they? But for however long time span, mm. you, you, might, you do create a connection then with those characters that you just maybe wouldn't or can't get as easily or as often if it's just sort of a couple hours in the cinema. I don't know, I think you can definitely still connect with characters. In the cinema, but it's it's something very intimate, isn't it? Being in your house and
1: that world, totally it's in your house. Yeah, and the serial nature of it as well. Like with the, you know, um, sort of meme when the Oprah interview came out with um, Harry and Meghan, oh. uh, and there were all these memes afterwards. And and one of them was like, um, you know, watching a watching a two hour film, and she's like, and then it's like watching a ten hour Netflix series. It's like, hmm, yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it, it's the, you know all these things able to capture people's um, attention uh, a little bit more and um, yeah I, I'd actually really love to know you know it, it, does that kind of go through the minds of most people in the industry when they're you know in production do they know that what they're doing will be as engaging as perhaps other sort of forms of storytelling ten years ago you know um,
0: I guess it's more just. I mean, I, I, that depends, I think on the individual creators and but I guess from my experience of watching those kind of people work, I think it's just interesting to see um, how people are making those definitions or the fact that now that those old perceptions that film is one thing, TV is another. I think it's been interesting to see just now that definition of what TV is and that definition of what film is, is more merged. And now seeing the work that people are doing and what maybe the new definition will be or the new perception of those things are mm. what's possible in both those mediums and you know the possibilities there and i think that's interesting so i think no- nothing yeah that we'll, we'll see we'll just see how that progresses
2: um it's interesting just thinking about kind of the comparisons between um, film and tv it must be very um difficult to grab attention from of tv watchers because really you only have about 20 to 30 minutes to grab them to to make them want to watch the next episode whereas in a film you know they've they've kind of made the purchase gone to the cinema they're there they have you know they have time to ease into it so it must be must be quite a stressful thing planning and and kind of writing scripts for TV series, because you really have some, such a short um, amount of space to grab the viewer's attention.
0: Yeah, I guess, and then there's the other question of, does it matter then if people are kind of dipping in and out? Because then I think you have, and this is not my, like, just, this is like an old person talking about TikTok, but it's interesting to see like, then those kind of forms of um, entertainment that are really broken up or that, I don't know, that you can revisit, let's say for 10 minutes, uh, not a vlog, I don't know what they call them on TikTok, but whatever someone's sharing a part of their life and you can go off and come back and and then what does that say about like, maybe it doesn't matter that you things are fragmented that you kind of dip in and out of attention. I think it's just interesting maybe those perceptions of like we you know oh that's so bad if people look at their phones for a second or they dip in and out but maybe it isn't that bad. Maybe um maybe yeah I don't know. I think it's just yeah I don't know what my point is there. <laughs>
1: No, no, I get it. It's, it's kind of, you know, what, what is, um, you know, is, is it bad that we're sort of, you know, with things like TikTok, is it bad that people are spending, you know, a, a, a large amount of their time on it, especially, um, you know, with Gen Z at the moment, or, or is it, you, you know what really is is getting people's attention is that kind of you know the sort of compulsive need to check those things mm. um I mean some people would have the same let's say with Netflix a compulsive need to binge watch stuff yeah. um to to sort of fill I don't know time that they might otherwise you know could be doing with other sort of more meaningful pursuits or you know is it genuinely a genuine interest you know people having a genuine interest in the people they follow the movies they watch the series they watch um i think it's a really interesting uh point actually
0: i guess as well even you know when people would say that reading you know back in the day it's like would be described as like a kind of waste of time or just like yeah, yeah just kind of yeah gonna make you less smart i don't know just someone reading a novel um that's them kind of fripping away their time and then you see that happen with like tv and then it so i think people just say it don't they about whichever the latest thing is and get people try to get people scared about it or concerned about it but i think it's interesting when you see people saying making the opportunity in the new technology and, and not being scared of it so
1: so i'm really interested to hear what you're doing right now what's what's taking up um, a lot of your time right now
0: um, so I currently work in house um, in a production company. Um, so that's was different to um, at the beginning of my career, which was more on set stuff. So in development, uh, the bit before where you're kind of um, yeah developing uh, could be a TV show. It could be a film. Um, so that's kind of what what I'm the stage uh, I'm at now. So doing things like that. Um, so I think that would be interesting to, I guess, people if they're interested in working in film or TV is that, you know, what is your personality? Which which part of it does it suit you? Are you more of an office kind of person or are you more someone that wants to be you know on set in the thick of it? So I think that's uh, the lifestyle. Of both of those things are very different. So that um, that's been interesting to see um, the difference of that. Um,
2: um, and what goes um, what do you do like day in, day
0: out? Um, mm-hmm.
2: Kind of at the office or working from home now, as you say.
0: So um, at the moment, I assist someone. So it's basically just kind of whatever stuff that they need help with. Um, and I think the assistant role is a really interesting one when you're starting out in uh, film and TV because it's a great position where you can learn. Um, and stuff can be really menial. It can be really exciting. It depends, you know. It can be booking people's travel. It up to kind of. You know, I've got friends who assistants, they do help with organizing storyboards and things like that. So it just, it really varies depending on who you're assisting. Um, so yeah, it, and each day varies. Um, but for example, if you're on set, if you were, you know, in the past, I've been in a, you know, an assistant director position where there you could be kind of, Look, looking after extras and placing them around the, um, the back of set and like hiding behind a thing and calling out action. So then, and getting your little group of extras doing what they, um, what helps the scene in the back of, back of shot. So it just depends. Um, and I think the entry level positions in film, you have to graph really hard and you can be doing really kind of menial stuff and you just have to sort of roll your sleeves up and just kind of do it and do it well. And then, um, so yeah, it just depends. It's like a real variety of different stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah.
1: So. That's gotta be a, re- a really exciting moment though. Shouting action uh, for, for, you know, yeah, the people who you're sort of, you know, responsible for. That's gotta be really exciting.
0: It's why what I find funny is when you're hiding, like, I don't know, you'll be ducking down behind something and then you, <laughs> in the film you're like, there was a little, yeah, runner down there, hiding down there. <laughs> um, but that's cool as one well. just to see, I think see the work because obviously there's all, there's loads of different departments on a film set. Um, and so when you start, you might not necessarily know what position you want to go into. Um, and so that's definitely advice that I would give someone starting out is just at an appropriate time, do you know, try to talk to, you know, everyone there's sort of lower downs in the department and just, you know, find out what their job is, what, you know, what their day-to-day looks like. Um, and whilst being really helpful, obviously in the position you're at, and then kind of figuring out where in that big puzzle you you would fit and then kind of going after that. So um, that's kind of, yeah, the, how, yeah, my, my advice would be to someone starting out is just, you know, work really hard and then just speak to people um, and people remember if you, I think, are useful and helpful and polite, then people remember you. And I think that's one thing that I've definitely felt from being in there. People are really Want to help you out and kind of link you up with the right people if you, I don't know if if you provide them with help and it's, you know are collaborative and so I think that's been really really nice to see that if you do do a good job that you might might nothing might come of it straight away but then a few weeks down the line if you've told someone that you I don't know might want to get into the art department um, and I don't know you were helpful helping I don't know move someone's kit on set I don't know with their permission. they'll kind of remember you and then maybe later down the line be like oh I remember someone who really wants to get into this department so just kind of always just yeah always doing your best and best foot forward and being polite because you never know who might be able to I guess help you further down the line.
1: Absolutely and I think is it is it common I don't know um if if you've you know from speaking to people if, if you know but is it really common for people to sort of um go from department to department is that something you see a lot um for people perhaps you know who are our age
0: i think if if you're starting out that would be normal until you sort of figure out what you want to do and i think especially again the entry level positions because you're not as specialized um that yeah that wouldn't be abnormal so i think yeah if you people would be supportive i think if you wanted to shift between different departments I guess there's a limit to, it. I think, if, obviously, if you've been doing it for years and years and years and years, jumping around just from a personal, I guess, point of view, that's not, maybe not the smartest kind of career thing to do because you kind of, I guess, want to feel like you're specializing. So people kind of associate yeah. you with something. But I definitely think whilst you're figuring out um, that that could happen. But I think in general terms, as you get further up, people don't necessarily jump around departments, unless you're kind of a coordinator of that department. So some of the big films you could get like Mm. a, so it's more their kind of production roles and they coordinate maybe the stunt department or the VFX department. So then I, you know, I've, I've seen people that have done that and they find that quite interesting that, you know they could be doing coordinating a VFX department. And then, but again, that doesn't happen that much but that would kind of be the only time that I've seen that people would jump around departments as such. Okay um but kind of what you said before one of the nice things when I was on set is that I guess the industry is kind of small but so then you'll do jobs and as you do them you'll see similar faces as you go on different jobs and that's really lovely um you might not see someone for kind of a year or two and then you'll go on a job and they'll be there so that that's that's a nice element to it
1: one thing I really want to ask you um just you know thinking about um kind of your career so far and you know um sort of um aspirations uh, when you were younger, who are your sort of main inspirations growing up? Who really sort of drove you to um, get to where you are now?
0: Hmm. I'm not sure who an influence would have been, but I do remember seeing sort of Catherine Bigelow when she won an Oscar and seeing sort of a woman in an industry that even at that sort of early stage, I had kind of perceived as being very male dominated. Um, But I guess just, Lots of inspirations then when starting in film and seeing sort of, you know, these really hotshot women producers, just kind of badass, mm-hmm. um, kind of just running stuff. And I think that's been sort of big inspirations so or seeing how people within, because in film there isn't sort of, I think it's changing a bit, but there isn't necessarily much training per se. So everyone has their own different way of doing stuff. Um, And that can go sort of two ways. But I think then when you go on jobs and you see someone in a position above you doing something in a a certain way, that's kind of how you learn and you get inspired by them. And you're like, when I get into that position, I really liked how, you know, that producer or I don't know, that first AD or like that director, like how they galvanized people and how they kind of motivated people. Because the thing is with films, like the days are really long, sometimes the shoot Mm is really long and people kind of, complain all the time but they love it and they keep coming back but <laughs> it can be you know it's very much kind of happening in the moment there's not much time to kind of uh because it is very well planned so that's not the right word but just it's kind of quite reactive sometimes because you have to react to all these sort of changing things and nothing necessarily goes 100 as it's meant to on the day like there's so many variables so then when you do see people kind of um dealing with that really in a really positive way it's almost like that sort of gives me inspiration um to be like when I get to that position okay I, that's that's a good way of dealing with things so that's an interesting way how they kind of circumvented that issue so their inspirations too
2: i think that's a very good point um you know just looking around and taking in every aspect of of you know all employees doesn't matter if they're you know the big star or they're the 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 set painter or or you know i don't know the correct terms for it but um just going back to what you said about you know women in the industry Hmm. this is is such a cliche kind of question but what is it like being a woman in in this industry i know it's it's very male dominated and uh, often certain groups of people can be put into a box and and to say if you're an actor a certain kind of role Mm. um so yeah what what is what's it like?
0: I guess it's I think how sometimes I view it is that there's these sort of layers of it so there's like the layers I think that would get onto everyone's consciousness of like you know when you watch a film and it's just like I don't know sexist and or just has really old values and this the stuff that kind of perceptions that are made about it assumptions because I guess there's no hiding because again, how it reflects society. So if you tell a story, I guess there's no hiding some stuff really because it's, you're putting, I don't know, the director or the creatives, they're putting everything out on the line. And then, I don't know, if you see attitudes that are prevalent in society, obviously reflected there. And I think, so there's that side of it that kind of, I think affects you just, just even just being from a, enjoying watching films or enjoying watching uh, TV there's that side. And I think anyone kind of knows the problems there with some of the ways that women are presented and obviously people of color are presented. Um, I think just what I noticed from actually being in there is that I guess some departments are very one, one way. So there are females in film, but obviously a lot of them are in certain departments. Um, I don't know. I think just the only thing that I've had a couple of times is just I think it depends because each film is made up of a very distinct cast, uh, sorry, distinct crew, which will create the balance of the films. And some, when it's lots of uh, women in there, there, there aren't issues. But then sometimes if you're on a particularly sort of male-dominated crew, I think the temperature of the room does change a bit and the attitudes. Um, so it just depends. I think there's it's changing um, and everyone's doing their best, I guess, at the moment to kind of, become more progressive and sort of deal with those issues. So I haven't had anything, you know, awful, particularly bad, but you know, you can tell there's some sets that I've worked on that are less fulfilling places to be um, and less kind of make you feel good. Just we just feel like something's a bit off and I don't know. And then there are some that aren't. So I think, yeah, I think there's a way to go. Um mm-hmm. being very, what's the word? what's the word um diplomatic um way to go um but yeah it's just the normal stuff isn't it? it's just people are doing their best but sometimes if you are people are making assumptions of you because you're a woman and which department and then kind of almost making decisions on your career based on what their perception of or what department you should be in i think that's a bit of an issue or just that feeling of being in a very maybe laddie team for example that just makes, I've noticed in those days it makes you just not want to I don't know do your best you feel very un- unmotivated so I think that's more what I've experienced but then I guess the good thing about that is that you can then hopefully find another team that you get on with better and it's a better of a fit and that is that is again that could be useful to you know people starting out as you know when you start you'll take any job that you want so um one of the departments in films are called assistant directors and they kind of um they just make everything happen on the day. So they like will wrangle the ADs, they'll wrangle the cast. They kind of, uh, the first AD will just make sure every, all these variable departments, they're all kind of working to what the director wants. And then you second AD, third AD, and then sort of PAs. Um, And with that is like, when you first start, that's how I started. You just take whatever job you get and you'll do dailies and you'll fill in here and there. And you don't really have that much choice over who, you know, you just take whatever job you get basically. But then what was great is after a while you can get in with a team that kind of, I don't know, that you get on with kind of well and they'll get you back and then you'll do a whole job. And that's lovely because then at that point you can be like, okay, well, this team, I, you know, are more similar sensibility to me, similar. And then you can kind of thrive within that. So I think that's that's a good thing. But then obviously some people may never find that kind of uh, team. So I don't know. But I found that. That was sort of interesting that when you've been doing it for a bit longer finding the team that you can sort of flourish in and building connections within that team and maybe staying with them for a while and seeing what you can learn within that team
1: and from from your experience um, of working in the industry are there as many opportunities or are there more opportunities now for women or you know what more what more will need to be done about that in your view
0: i think I to be honest, I think it's it's so hard to say, isn't it? Because I guess it, it's hard to say. Um, it's hard to say because my experience could be so different from someone else's experience. And I know, mm. people, for example, there's even I, you know, friends that maybe from a different class or people of color, they haven't they have had a completely different experience, and maybe and found it much harder to, I don't know, feel comfortable or I don't know, I've had a much different experience. I just all I remember of the first portion of was me just like elbows out, just trying to, and I wasn't really so concerned about my comfort or in that situation. Um, I don't know. It's hard to know what opportunities you haven't got because of people's Mm -hmm. perceptions. So I, I can't really talk for myself, but it's just, I just wonder, I think it's got better. So now, for example, like camera teams were traditionally very male. Um, and I've only sort of worked, I think with one female DOP in my career, I've only Mm. worked with one female director in, um, and that's like across dailies and stuff like that. So that, that sort of stuff is disheartening. So, and you look at that and you're like, okay, um, you know, I've never worked with a director, like a female of color. So just those kind of stuff, it's, there's still a way to go basically. But then on, on the entry level position, I started seeing more, you know, Female um, camera trainees, female grips, like female sparks, but it still it's it it still seems to be in those departments uh, the kind of exception, not the rule. But actually, I haven't been on set for a kind of year or so, so maybe things have changed. I know people are starting to do um, diversity kind of uh, requirements, so just to really make sure that yeah. the, cu- uh, the crew is kind of. There's a diversity to the crew and that's sort of a requirement out the gate. Yeah, um,
2: that's something that's changed. I think you, that's been seen across all industries this year, especially, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, but I don't know. I haven't been on, as I said, a set. I mean, one of the jobs I worked on, the director in short, you know, said that that needs to happen. And so that did happen and there was it was better. But it's still it's almost just not good enough to kind of it needs to sort of happen before people need to know that that's even a possibility uh, mm. as a career. So definitely, definitely a, a way to go. Um,
1: yeah. Sure. It, it, it's, you know, it's actually really helpful hearing from, from you because, you know, from, from where I am looking at it, mm. um, you know, as a, as a man who's grown up with, you know, watching films all my life, mm. um, seeing the films that are coming out now, um, I, I guess it, it's it's really important that, you know, um, young women and young girls see, you know, very strong figures and, and, and seeing the characters that are in movies nowadays. And, you know, even comparing that to films 10, 15 years ago, it was so male dominated. Now you've got so many female heroes in, in many, many different um uh, capacities and across so many franchises as well I, I you know as a, as a young girl now I, I would I feel you know looking at all these um, inspirational um, characters it it must be so in- inspiring um, to see now obviously there is a, a way to go but but I think you know looking at it now yeah um, even compared to 10-15 years ago I think there is progress but I think that you know if, if there is still some way to go I think that that obviously does still speak volumes
0: hmm. as well. Yeah. And I think it's even like interesting just perceptions of kind of, cause you see these sort of strong kind of female characters, but then it's, you can kind of interesting of like, also what's wrong with showing like a softer female character. but it's, Then it's like goes into all this perception of like, you know, the same as if, a if a, you know, a man made a film about sort of like a, I don't know, it just is softer, whatever. It's like, are we comfortable just seeing, st- I don't know, there's just so many shades that I think it's great that then you've got that part and then, but then maybe we change our perceptions. And if we see a really domestic story that doesn't necessarily have to be negative, but then you have those mm. ideas that the domestic, the female domestic is not what, I don't know. It's just this, I'm just excited to see the more voices you get, the more stories there are out there, I don't know, just the, the richer things will be. So I think it's just, yeah, it's exciting to think the more opportunity you give more different people to tell their stories, it's just richer culture. So it's just an exciting idea. So I hope it does kind of quickly go in that direction. Um, what kind of films do you guys like?
1: Oh, everything. Um, I've loved, you know, everything Disney's put out in the last few years. Um I mean, that goes from, you know, uh, Marvel, Star Wars to, um, uh, you know, all the Pixar films that have come out recently, um, yeah, especially with the voice casts. The voice casts on the Pixar films are absolutely amazing and, and yeah. yeah, incredibly diverse, you know, just on that point. Um, so, yeah, I, I've loved, uh, yeah, Soul was like one of my favorite films recently. That's was, that was really cool.
0: It's so crazy that kids' film could just take it to that sort of existential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were, like existentially shook to the core, but, but it did that. What about you? Yeah. Um.
2: I don't, I mean I don't I don't have any films that um kind of enrich my culture per se, but Lord of the Rings is my favourite trilogy of all time, and it always will be. <laughs> um. And then uh, you know I, I love mob mar- action, anything really, but in particular I like kind of mythical. Kind of adventurous, kind yeah. of otherworldly kind of stuff.
0: During lockdown, that's good as well. It's just like take take yeah. Away somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
2: <laughs> what about you? What's your favorite um, kind of genre? I,
0: I like lots of different things. Um, yeah, it just it just depends. I different I don't have a favorite genre. Um, yeah, just lots of kind of stuff. I think that. Don't know my favorite film. Oh God, that's just like the hardest question. Yeah. <laughs> um, just lots of different stuff. I think um, like kind of I like um sort of world cinema and stuff like that. So things from different countries. Um, mm. I find that really interesting. It's like City of God's one of my favorite
2: films. Love City of God, um, it's such a good film.
0: Yeah. Um, there's lots of different ones. Um, God, i got to can't think this is my least favorite question because I just <laughs> <laughs> Do do ever watch any film. But you go through
2: <laughs> phases, don't you? Yeah. So, like, a few weeks ago, I was really into watching a bunch of things that I watched when I was, like, three or four. I watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang the other week, and then Sound of Music. Like, I love things like
0: that. Love that. Um, the trip down memory lane.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, like, nostalgic, isn't it? But you do go through phases of what you're into, I feel like. But I was just wondering, was there ever a day that you kind of went on set or you went into work and you were like, this is just too much, I don't want to do this, or... You know, and can you tell us about
0: that, what happened? I think this actually could be really useful for, um, I guess people listening, if they w- wanting to get into film. I think one of the things that I kind of, looking back on those kind of early years, because it's it's freelance and you're just wanting, there's a kind of a desperation as such, cause you just look at all these people you're working with, with so much respect and the fact they've been able to get careers. And then you're this kind of very small, you know, piece in this and so you'll kind of you'll do whatever it takes to kind of get called back and I yeah. think you know you'll get dailies so when you you get contract or dailies when you're working on set so dailies is like you'll come in for an odd day when they've got they need extra hands basically but you there's no one sort of policing that so for example you could get a daily where you're working on a film in London and then you get a call the day before being like are you free tomorrow to come to Wales and people will and the call times could be I don't know, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, and they're yeah. long days. Um, and I don't know, just you just hear like people frantically kind of driving around the place, and I think they've tried to make things better with that because you know there's danger
2: yeah.
0: inherent in that. But I, I don't know. I've known people that will sleep in their cars and stuff and go to set because they just they want it so badly. And I I think you know I I haven't seen I think people you know there are great individuals that do want to look after people and it's not because they don't want to it's because everyone is so busy that sometimes those kind of things can slip through the cracks I think mm-hmm. um, so I just think for anyone starting out just and they're long days and you know there's a rule with assistant directors that you're not allowed to sit down and I think again that's slightly <laughs> changing but and it also might have been a bit of like a joke I don't know where they'd say to like runners when they start it's like if you get caught sitting down you know you're out now I look back I actually think that could have been that like a wind up but yeah. But, um, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> runners would never sit down. So, and sometimes yeah. you have to eat your lunch standing up. And so mm. it's wow. exhausting days. And then I think, I guess, if you're starting out, just, yeah, take all these opportunities, but make sure, you know, you are actually looking after yourself and, you know, not being taken advantage of, um, because, you know, there are people that, that will take advantage, just like there are people in just general life that will take yeah. advantage. And just making sure looking after yourself and just you know trying to get enough sleep. I think starting out um you know I do that during the week and then I want to you know miss social life with my friends and you know you have all these ideas of what your life should be like in your twenties. You're trying to do both things. And I think I looking back it's like you know getting yourself that drained down. I mean I wouldn't advise it but then maybe I don't know you can just be quite brutal on yourself and trying to take everything and there's any way you can just make sure you're looking after yourself within that would be sort of the advice I'd give myself and also advice I'd give anyone um starting out and yeah just I think they can't sets can be really scary places so the first day that I work there there isn't necessarily training for it so you just get planted there and there's not necessarily a job role you don't get a piece of paper that says this is your job description it's Mm -hmm. kind of a lot of the time a sink or swim situation um, and um, I think that because the people that have hired you especially as dailies that they haven't got time to you know give you a, a training day yeah. so I think if I was doing it again or if someone you know had managed to get a dailies on set and they had any I don't know they were worried about it I think if you could find I don't know I even had someone on Instagram you know find me and just said oh, I saw you were a you know a runner on something kind of a few years ago and asked for advice and it's like say, if you don't want to bother the person that's employed you for that daily, maybe you could find a friend, friend or someone, someone, someone and say, hey, it's my first day on set tomorrow. Do you have any advice? So at least you're going in with kind of being armed with something because my yeah. first day, it was like, I got a bit of advice, but it was the person that hired me it was just too busy to, so it was just a case of just sink or swim and they like, can make people cups of tea. And you're like, but there's 150 people here. Who 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 do I make <laughs> up of tea? And it's a lot of milk like, and sugar. <laughs> yeah. and then it's also just like the people point out really quickly who people are but everyone's like wearing north face and they're kind of the same age <laughs> the man. and you're just like I got like north face blindness I do not know who was who was who so I think if, if I was to do it again yeah even if you through Instagram or Twitter you can find someone who was it and just say hey sorry to bother you but you know it's my first day on set or whatever I just would love some advice of, of you know I have no idea and just having that I don't know that would be really helpful and I think would give you more confidence on your first day of set. So that could be good for anyone starting out. And there are also, um, there's a great company called Cool Time, uh, which is a kind of diary service for um, PAs and runners and production assistants. So if people are looking for someone, they will go to Cool Time and then they will sort of, and that's a great way to get dailies and go on and meet people. And then later, if you get on well with them, they'll bring you on for full contracts and stuff. So that's, um, I think, would be helpful to know. Yeah,
2: that is really useful information.
1: Great, yeah, thank you. I think we'll pop that in the show notes, I think, um, for anyone watching this as well. Um, So what was the kind of best day um, on set? You know, you're talking about your first day and feeling, you know, perhaps, you know, thinking like, oh, sink or swim. Um, and, and kind of feeling like you know head spinning a million miles an hour on contrast what's the kind of best and most rewarding day you think you've had
0: I think there are so many and that's why I think people I don't know you put up with the kind of more stressful days there's just so many like you're around these incredibly like creative people and they're just literally manifesting visions that they've had in their head into reality and I don't know that's and that in itself is fantastic. Um, working on a period film, and you just see people walking in, dressed in
2: like nineteen forties. I wanted to work on one of those sets, some yeah. of the
0: corsets and the dresses and stuff. I think it's just so magical, <laughs> artistry that goes into uh, the artistry that goes into that, and you just see how hard all those teams work, and just yeah, the artistry of of that is incredible. Um, even just like the places that you get to see within London for example you know that are used as film sets kind of you just sometimes have those moments when you're sitting there I can't believe this is my office today is (laughs) like wherever it could be and I think as well just there's a really nice social side of it too like especially I guess when you're younger um you know starting a film and there's 150 new people that you can get to know and and all with interesting stories of how they've got there and you know um and and, you know yeah and that can be great and you work with these people for a couple months straight you see them every single day you see them more than your friends and your family um and that can be really really rewarding um and just yeah just kind of the mad conversations that you can have with people and just I don't know the other places you can see and the personal development because I think with any super challenging fast-paced I think all jobs are challenging but I feel that this is it just sped up almost and so it's more of a pressure cooker perhaps so I think those environments they can be really really challenging and you can have highs and lows but actually I I think it's sped up some personal development for myself that maybe if it was a slower environment I don't know there's just there's lots of amazing things about it um so yeah it's a really I think it's a brilliant kind of career I think for people, the only thing you've got to be careful is just making sure you're looking after yourself and don't get sucked into it too much because it is so exciting. And, you know, I think you can just got to make sure you don't lose yourself in that and lose the looking after yourself aspect of it. But it's fantastic being around like creatives like that all the time, just making magical scenarios. And it's incredible. It's such a cool... I'm just now just realizing I need to be more grateful. This <laughs> <laughs>
2: of that you work extremely hard by the sounds of it so pat Mm -hmm. on the back for that too i hope yes yes you do
1: (laughs) so lastly i think i'd love to ask you know what's next Well, what do you see happening for you in the next couple of years i don't know if you can talk about any projects you're working on or um you know what's what's next for you what would you love to uh what would you love to do
0: so i think my personal my personal kind of challenge I, I want to figure out what I want to do within the industry I think and that can be a lot of people's experiences that you sort of because you just take the opportunities they come and you're just so thrilled that you're even kind of in the space and the wherever and I think now my challenge is like okay great I've got all this you know great experience um what do I you know where do I see myself what's my sort of sensibility where is that best suited for and kind of I guess yeah, try to work towards towards that. So that's kind of my challenge um, at the moment. Um, I'm in development at the moment where my company's in development with a few things. So whereas before I was only on set, I've never seen the bit before where they make something and then I see it happening. So I'm looking forward to <clears throat> that because before you just, you arrive on set and you haven't seen the bit before. So I think that's kind of what's coming next is seeing those things that are immaterial become material. So I'm excited for that. And then kind of from that as a personal what's next, I hope that I can kind of clarify maybe where I want to go from here. So I think that's hopefully what the next couple of years look like.
1: Thanks for downloading or streaming On The Rise. On The Rise is produced by Giggle and hosted by me, Chris Jones. Thanks to our guest, India Castle Gibb, for appearing this week and to Giggle's Ellie Manning for co-hosting with me. A big shout out, as always, to Robbie Wills, who composed all the original music used in this episode. If you aren't already, please consider following On The Rise wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find Giggle on social media at Get Giggle, where you'll find clips and extra content from these episodes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.